Welcome back, guys. Wednesday edition Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack Fantasy Bar ready to rock once again here tonight. We'll focus on FanDuel with six of my favorite plays for you five hitters, one pitcher, and of course, the beast of the night, guys. Thanks for stopping by once again. And while we're talking FanDuel, make sure you get over there and enter the single entry series presented by us over at Roto Grinders. Everybody gets one lineup, $30 entry. Great tournament, but that baby will fill fast. So make sure you grit a lineup in that tournament. Let's give you some plays to utilize in that single entry series. Let's start at first base with Danny Santana of Texas, 3,600. So this guy's on an absolute tear right now, averaging almost 25 FanDuel points per game over the last five. And I realize Seattle's going to use a starter, a long reliever. The beautiful thing about Danny Santana, he's been smashing both sides, lefties and righties, does not matter. 390 weighted OBA or higher against both of these pitchers. 250 or higher ISO against both righties and lefties. And as you see, a hard contact rate over 44% against both righties and lefties. So generally, when they do these kind of reliever things, it takes a lot of guys out. It doesn't matter who they bring in. Danny Santana, red hot, great price. Good matchup no matter who they're throwing. Love him tonight at just 3,600. All right, let's stay on the infield. Next pick for us, Alex Bregman at third base, 3,800. So very good against righties. You see that approaching 400. The ISO sitting at 235, all despite just a 236 batting average on balls in play. So these numbers should be much higher for Alex Bregman. has been a little bit unlucky and gets a nice matchup here with Mitch. What's up, guys? Beer here back in the bar with six plays for you tonight on Fandle, including a bunch of bats in the mid-range with huge upside. I built a little mini game stack for you.
is going on, Rotor Grinder? It's Dean here at Dean Sunny Dino Four. If you want to get all technical, I'll meet us five o'clock on the East Coast, two o'clock on the West Coast, four o'clock Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today, it's a uh, I didn't recognize you at first. Fresh fade and all, Pepsi. I mean, you're not thrilled with it, right? Yeah, not too happy with it. I, I explained them what I wanted done, and they just basically gave me like the army cut, the buzz cut here. So it's a little bit uh, too short for me, but it's summer, it's hot, it'll grow fast. I, I guess I could look worse. <laughs> Rousing endorsement. <laughs> they went, give, give the side profile. They went a little too high, right? Give, give, give the, yeah, a little yeah, too it's high. It's a little too high here, and even the top. I mean, I wanted to keep some hair there. It just almost seems like they buzzed it. So kind of a butcher, but. Uh, I think most of us have been there. Like I said, that's how I did grow back fast. I'm not overly concerned with it. Yeah, I, I gotta get I gotta get an haircut. Now I'm hesitant. I'm I'm afraid it might I might catch some shrapnel or something like that because uh I don't know if this is contagious or not. I, I don't <laughs> you told me before like you're gonna look a little different. I thought you might have shaved off the goatee, which I feel like we haven't seen in a while. I'm not sure if you've ever seen you done goatee. No, I mean I've had the full beard, but I've never been completely shaven. This is as this is as thin as I get, I guess. I did it actually. It might not be true. I did it once many, many years ago, I believe, and uh, I just didn't like the look at all. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So that was the last time I tried that. Yeah, well, when you were like 11, like you didn't come out with the goatee. Like at some point, you had to grow it in. So you, yeah, I, was, I also wasn't working here at 11 though either. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't stalking you on your MySpace page or whatever because I'm doing the math. You're 27, MySpace. Yeah, that checks out, I suppose. Yeah. And it just reminded me of, I don't know if you've caught this. I think it was a, yeah, a couple guys, maybe McNeil, have in the middle of games, like, shaved. Have you have you seen this phenomenon in baseball? The middle of the game, they're shaving heads? They have different, I think it was Puig that did it a couple, like, maybe a couple weeks ago or so. And I feel like maybe McNeil did it. I don't remember who else it was. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So, you know, baseball players are superstitious. And maybe they thought they had to get rid of the facial hair to get a knock or something like that. The chat will let us know. Uh, taking a look here at the Rotor Runners chat. Of course, if you guys are on the old YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe us over there. It's a short slate, Pepsi, so we'll have plenty of time for questions for sure. Of course, we say that now, and then we'll get off on the off the rails and like be scrambling to, to finish the sprint at the wow. end. Sure, there's there's a lot of things to get off the rails. We got uh, the brawl with Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. We got all the trades today. There's a lot of reasons why we could get off the rails here today. So I'm sure at some point we'll get sidetracked a little bit here, but. Uh, very interesting day in baseball last night, evening, today. And then, of course, uh, the slate's interesting as well. So it's, it's a fun day to be a baseball fan, especially if you're an Astros fan, it looks like. Yeah, have good congratulations, Chopper. Uh, head Chopper, yeah. of course, is a, an Astros fan, or at least he pretended, you know, he, he's a front runner, if nothing else. He lives in the vicinity of. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they got themselves uh, Zach Ranke. Did they also get Aaron Sanchez? Where'd he go? Houston as well? Yeah, B.A. Genie and Sanchez from the Jays. I don't know if that's a huge help for them, but both those guys could be solid bullpen arms at least. And then, yeah, the Granky thing was kind of out of nowhere here. So uh, I guess they had the salary to eat that contract. We got Devin, our, our fabulous multitasking producer there in chat. Not just the producer. We call him by his name. Devin, D-Train, whatever you want to call him. No wonder why he was excited pre-show Pepsi. Tonight's bowling night. That's why he was in a good oh, yes. That's right, bowling night. Uh, it's baseball night every night for me during the summer, but uh, – all right, have you had your bowling, I guess. I mean, good luck to you, D-Train. A reminder to the people out there, we asked him what his average was. He said 100 to 150. <laughs> like, you get oh, like nobody's scoring zero. You have to get at least, like, 75, like, unless you're, you know, even the bump, whatever. Like, isn't everybody's average 100 to 150 in bowling? Unless you're, like, Walter Ray Williams Jr.? I bowled, like, 20 times in my life, so I have no idea how it really works. 
you'll get a hundred. You'll get a hundred. Yeah. Um, other what, what other trades uh, are out there that kind of funky there for you, Pepsi? As far as what went down, we saw Castellanos. If you guys played the the mid, you know, the middle of the day slate, he got the, the scratched like a minute into the game. Essentially, or much of the game even started. I know it locked as far as that. Uh, Castellanos got traded to Chicago for what it's worth. Uh, I thought there'd be a little bit more action. It seemed a little bit quiet. I don't know why the Marlins are trading forty percent of their rotation. <laughs> or Zach. <laughs> Zach Allen was the, the, the best minor league pitcher in all of baseball, and he's been really good in the majors so far against really good teams. Just shut down Minnesota yesterday for the most part, and uh, I guess he's playing too good. He can't be a Marlin or something, but, hey, it's it's the Marlins, so I uh, can't be surprised by that. Uh, anything out there that kind of goofy? Anything out there kind of interesting as far as the trades for you? Not really. I am interested to see what the Cubs paid for Castellanos. I'm a big Castellanos fan, and I agree. Yeah, there's have to be some more names out there. I was hoping the Jays also would deal Giles, but I guess if his elbow's a little bit wonky, that didn't happen. A few other names that we thought would go didn't happen either. So uh, maybe a few more deals to come through here. But also interesting, as we're talking pre-show, seventh inning Coors Field, bottom of seven. No score. How often do you see a game of Coors Field, bottom of seventh, no score? And I think five total hits in that game? I mean, sure, Marquez versus Ryu, but still, yeah. it's Coors Field. That's pretty crazy, too. So it's been a really interesting day from a lot of aspects here in baseball. But um, is there a guy in particular that didn't get dealt that you thought for sure was gone? Uh, well, I thought Santana was going to go on Seattle. Do we have a Seattle lineup? I thought that's one of the reasons why their lineup has not come out just yet. But, uh, yeah, Domingo Santana was supposed to get traded. Mike Miner was one of those guys that was potentially in the block, and he's going to pitch. Leak pitch yesterday, he was traded. Um, who was one of the relievers out there that they're talking about? Was it a Pittsburgh reliever? I don't know the relievers as well as I probably should have. Uh, Kirby, Kirby Yates, yeah, he was supposed to go too, right? Yeah, I can't really, maybe one of the Pittsburgh, maybe a Pittsburgh reliever? He was Pittsburgh's closer. Okay, is that, okay, so yeah, there's some names out there that, uh, and then like a lot of these guys are free agents too, and it's like, why aren't you moving people? But um, yeah, it seems kind of quiet as far as, this, you know, super quiet, and then of course the Granky train went down, which is something for sure. Uh, I was kind of scrolling through and seeing Tanner Roark's on the A's. He found out he was getting traded while he was at an Arby's for what it's worth. So at least uh-huh. he got I love Arby's. Arby's is great. Two beef and cheddars and curly fries for me. Really? Arby's is a go-to for you? I, that's surprising. I mean, it's, it's not It's not very popular in Canada anymore. So I end up usually hitting it when I'm in the States. And of course, I don't really cheat too often. But, but I do love hitting Arby's once in a while. That would be my go-to meal at Arby's. By the way, as fries go, if you're going to power rank fries, crazy fries are, are much better than regular fries, correct? Absolutely. No yeah. doubt about it. New deal. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't want – the same fries are not nearly as good as the, – the crazy fries are the go-to for sure. Um, also want to mention it's an eight-game slate. We're going to dig into it in just a second, obviously. But uh, weather, weather could absolutely be a thing. I'm not sure if you saw us Pepsi, but uh, Kevin Roth, of course, chief meteorologist here at RG. He'll be on crunch time later on and give you guys the most up-to-date update as far as what's going down. But – there are two games, at least as of this morning, where weather is lurking and looks a little dicey. And I also assume that Roth will probably update this article at some point during the show. We'll kind of drop that for you people as well in the chat. Uh, but orange yellow in both Philadelphia and, and in Boston. So it's an eight-gamer. And potentially, who knows, we shall see. Stay tuned. Maybe things have, imp- have improved. Uh, I yield to Roth. I don't play one on TV as far as a weatherman. But, uh, you know. Just kind of keep an eye on that. I'm not sure if you've seen anything as far as uh, more recently, the weather there, Pepsi. I just see you're just playing with the chat right now, not even listening to me. Yeah, I try to uh, zero you out when I get a chance to talk to the chat. Well, what's going, what's so important in chat right now? I think uh, Grant had some nice things to say. There's been some talk about you know, players that should have been dealt here and there. There's a little bit of Arby's conversation going on. I want Actually, I wanted to go back to something here. 
Okay. Fred's not way overpaid for Trevor Bauer. Now, first of all, I'm a fan. I love Bauer. But he's only got a year left on his contract. They give up their top prospect. It looks like Cleveland did okay. The Padres did okay. I don't I don't understand. I never really understand what Cincinnati is doing every single year. I mean, yes. blow it up, trade Votto, do your thing, rebuild. And they, it's like they want to grab Sonny Gray instead. Now we've got Bauer. We're going to compete. We don't have the talent to do that. It's just go one way or the other. And I think they should have rebuilt. But I think Cincinnati, I mean, they're not Miami by any means, but Cincinnati is just a mess of an organization with what they're doing. They traded Scooter today, by the way. I'm not sure if you caught that one. Uh, he's uh, he's going to San Francisco, another team that's like kind of caught in the middle. Like, San Francisco, you're not going to make the playoffs. I don't know. Right. Mad yeah. Bum- Bumgarner. That was the one thing I was thinking earlier. Bumgarner. I mean, you know, great strategy by him by saying he won't go into the, te- you know, the competing teams. But, I mean, that's a guy that I felt like should have been traded. I was kind of hoping Minnesota would land him. I was hoping Minnesota would do something. And, and yeah. I wanted to cheer for the Twins and have some fun this year with that. But, uh doesn't look like the Twins did anything. Neither did the Yankees or Red Sox so far. That's kind of crazy. I, I agree with the uh, the Bauer thing, by the way, because like it's a, he has one and a half years left in his contract. He count this season, and okay, the rest of the season doesn't matter. Cincinnati's going nowhere, so it's just one year next year, uh, and then who knows if you're going to keep him or not? I, it, it seemed it seemed kind of weird. Uh, did not totally get that at all. I thought I mean thought Bauer and Cleveland trading Bauer is kind of odd too because like. I, I understand they're a small market. They're pitching pennies, but Cleveland's a team that can actually make a run in the playoffs. With the well, they need some offense, and they got two bats and Reyes who can DH now, and Puig who can play the outfield. They got good pitching when everybody gets help. I get it. I mean, I, Cleveland made a baseball trade. You know, I mean, they basically traded pitching for hitting. You know, they've got lots of pitching. Um, I'm okay with it. Not to mention Bauer is an absolute head case, as we've seen recently, and basically his whole career. And you're going to lose him in a year. They know they're walking away from Bauer in a year, so. Getting a couple, uh, I mean, getting Reyes, who could be a very good young DH at some point. We already know he can mash. And getting Puig to help this year, although there's another head case for you. Um, I think Cleveland made sense with their deal. But they could have gone either way. They could have cut Bauer and, and made a run with more pitching, too. So uh, I think Bauer is like a smart guy, but he does seem to have a bit of a um, – I don't want to use the word head case. But, uh, I mean, intelligent people can be a head case. Like, yeah. A lot of people who are intelligent. I'm not saying he's dumb by any means, but their head cases when it comes to various things. They got a quick temper or they get frustrated too easily or whatever the case may be. But he may be intelligent, but he's still a head case. So the best is like these guys left their teams on perfect notes, like Bauer uh, throwing the ball 400 feet over center field as he's getting the hook. That's his last. That's yeah. the last thing you saw as far as Bauer. And then you see how Puig is out there fighting for the Reds. He's, he's already <laughs> treated. Who is he trying to get at? I mean, the whole the whole clip is hilarious. All of a sudden, Puig just gets mad and wants to get after everybody. And 17 guys are trying to hold him back. I'm like, Puig, who are you even trying to get at? I mean, there's no one particular guy. I mean, probably nobody wants to fight Puig anyway, but it's just like, where are you going? I don't want to fight Puig. Who is yeah. he mad at? I mean, he's not even trying to get at one guy. Then he just gets in the pile and just starts swinging. Like, what are you doing? Well, you mentioned that clip. Uh, was it John Boy? The, Twi- the Is that his name? Uh, I don't remember. I might have butchered that as far as a Twitter account, but... Uh... You absolutely want to you know, watch. It's like in four different parts, eight minutes or so, he kind of breaks down the fight that happened yesterday, which is absolutely amazing. M- most of the time in baseball, you see guys that just don't want to fight, but Amir, Amir Garrett, he went all uh, Leroy Drinkins and uh, you know took on the entire <laughs> Pittsburgh team, which is amazing. Huh. All right. We, we, we burned enough time, Pepsi. We got to dive yeah. in. Right now we have no time for questions. Well done, Dean. We got plenty of time. We're, we're, trust me, we, we'll ha- we will have at least 10 minutes for questions. Start loading up your questions. So don't, don't send them just yet. Just kind of get them in your head. Uh, Pepsi, tell me why we should not play Jacob DeGrom versus Chicago White Sox tonight. Yeah, I can't tell you. I mean, I'm not playing a ton of lineups tonight, but uh, he's the guy. He's the number one guy in cash. He's your SP1. 
Uh, DeGrom has just been fantastic all season long. He's constantly pitching deep into games. The strikeout rate is fantastic. It's actually gone up over the past month, 34%. Um, he's not walking anybody. He's not getting hit. And the White Sox are awful. Their offense is awful versus running and pitching. They're striking out second most in Major League Baseball. They're walking the least in Major League Baseball. This is just a perfect matchup for one of the best pitchers in the game right now. It's a slam dunk at 11-8 on, uh, on DK and uh, 23-1 in fantasy draft. There's just no reason, in my opinion, to get away from him. He's my top pitcher everywhere tonight. And uh, I'd have to be playing at least more than five laps just to get off of him even as a pitcher tonight. Yeah, and who are you pairing with uh, kind of making work as far as the sticks? Of course, you live the world of a salary cap. And, you know, up next as far as the asking price is Jose Barrios against the terrible Marlins uh, in a great ballpark. Of course, Barrios has those dramatic home road splits. But you'd think, like, you could just throw those out. I understand that sometimes just to the mound. But jump into the National League in a cavernous ballpark against a terrible lineup. A bunch of righties, too. Um, you know, 3.3 as far as the team total. I was kind of tinkering and with, with the, uh, the you know, I'm trying to make maybe a combination platter of the, you know, double barrel of DeGrom and Barrios. I'm not sure if you try to make that happen. Of course, you can, you know, pivot off of DeGrom and go to Barrios and kind of get a little different shuffle as far as your lineup as well. Is that something you considered as far as uh, just two elite arms and kind of make that happen? Yeah, because I'm not really in love with any one particular hitter. Um, I think we got some good value out there. We've got some guys that are reasonably priced. I'm not in love with any one stack. So, yeah, I'm tinkering with that in cash for sure. I didn't get all the way through it. A few guys that I kind of had in there were out of the lineup here. So, they get a chance to finish off what I thought I'll do in cash. But that's where I want to be. I mean, Brios is a very good pitcher. Maybe not an elite DFS pitcher by any means because yeah. of the strikeout rate. But he should get an uptake today versus Miami. Obviously, a great ballpark. They're also awful. So, even if he's not striking everybody out, he should cruise through seven innings. He should get a K inning as well. And I just I love the upside there. In this matchup in cash, you can certainly go that route. Also, Barrios is an interesting pivot off of DeGrom for many reasons. Anybody can have an off night, I guess. And he's also going to be very, very popular, I think, in all formats. If you just want to be a little different, you know, maybe you're playing 10 laps, you want to do a little something different, maybe just playing one, you want to be contrarian. Uh, Barrios would be my step down from DeGrom. But, yeah, in cash, if you can make it work, and I'm going to try, that's where I want to be. And that uh, we do have a lot of value out there. So I think we can make it work in cash. Yeah, I guess I should not have used the word elite for, for Barrios, but like feel, it feels like a really strong elite matchup, let's say that. Uh, and for what it's worth, he strikes out more lefties more than righties, you know. Uh, but it's, it's not a great disparity, but just kind of throwing it out there. Uh, Giolito, is, a, is, it, is it midnight for Giolito? Yeah, this is the classic, you know, we always say this, and it's kind of sort of somewhat lazy, but it's also true. Like He probably overachieved earlier in the season, and he's probably not as bad as he's been of late. He's somewhere in the middle which is a lot of middle. This is like, you know, averaging in bowling, 100 to 150s. <laughs> What's Giolito going to get tonight, 150 or 100? Um, somewhere in the middle, maybe. I guess that's where I'm kind of at, you know. Um, we even saw his last couple starts. His last start, terrible again. The start before that, brilliant. So this is a very good pitcher. This is a talented pitcher. Is he elite to the point of a DeGrom? No, I think you're right. He pitched over his head a little bit this season. But I think he has the potential, you know, long-term, maybe starting next year to be an elite pitcher. The matchup's fine. I wouldn't say it's necessarily – it's more like a neutral matchup, really. Um, but, of course, Giolito's been better versus righties, and uh, I think we can exploit the Mets a little bit there. Um, I just think the price point is difficult. He's kind of priced in no man's land for me. I'm going to go up to Brios. So I'm definitely going to go up to DeGrom if I can go pay that price. I can drop down and get a little bit of savings in minor, who I might like even more just because of the fact he's facing a Seattle team, even though the ballpark's tough, that strikes up more than anybody else in baseball versus lefties. So if the pivot – 
is there, if you're looking for a reason, get off of DeGrom and Barrios isn't your guy, I'm not sure it's Giolito. Why not save the money and go to Miner, who has big-time strikeout outside? You're clearly willing to take the risk if you're getting off of DeGrom or Barrios anyway. So I think Giolito just kind of gets scratched off my list because you know the matchup's just neutral, and, and he's kind of a no-man's land in terms of price. Where's Miner's head yet? Head at, play, play armchair psychologist. Wasn't he supposed to get traded? Now he's not traded. Now he's pitching today. Is he happy to stay in Texas? I mean, he probably knows that a couple hours before he's going to pitch, I would think. Yeah, that's, a, that's a difficult situation because you would think that they might have been trying to deal him. But uh, this guy's been around a long time. He's been through a lot of injuries and bounce back. I, I don't think that's going to affect him whatsoever. You can now get comfortable and relaxed. Okay, I still got a few hours before you play. I'm ready to pitch. You know, he's always ready to come in here, I'm sure, to be pitched. He's also probably had a suitcase packed as well, just in case. But I don't think it's going to affect him uh, too much here. One thing I did want to add, though, is that if you check out the uh, the um, lineup headquarters here, you see that we don't have a lot of great umpiring matchups for tonight. As much as I love the Grom, extreme hitters umpire. Uh, Barrios gets a pitcher's umpire. Of course, Gio, Giolito also has an extreme hitters umpire that the Grom has. And, and mine are just neutral. So, we don't really get the only person with a favorable umpire is Brios, and we don't really have any extreme pitching umpires other than that game in Oakland, which I guess could be interesting as SP2 with Lyles versus Anderson. But in general, none of our aces really have a, a real favorable umpire matchup today if it matters to you. Yeah, I mean, and Giolito can get wild on occasion too, for what it's worth, too. And uh, you mentioned minor against that Seattle lineup, and there, there definitely are plenty of K's there. Uh, Broxton cracked the lineup, which is awesome, batting ninth, but if he can get, you know, Three at three ABs against Broxton, forty-one percent striking out uh, the last two years versus lefties collectively, twenty-seven point four percent. This is a uh, the plate. What's I? What's intelligent intelligence quotient? <laughs> so no, well, I don't even know. I've always just said plate IQ and never actually thought what does the IQ stand for. I think IQ can't stands for intelligence quotient. Qu- quotient, quotient. I don't know. I, I think that's correct. Maybe I'm wrong. Devin, you know it. Say it in my ear. I'll side with you. I have no idea to be honest. Quotient. Intelligence quotient? Okay. Quotient's a word? That doesn't sound right in my head for some reason. Uh, but plate IQ. That's just you're going to butcher it. You should probably just go IQ, I think. There you go. I'm uh, just showing my lack of IQ with not knowing this, apparently. <laughs> the the only guy that pops on the plate IQ, as far as not striking out so much in Seattle, uh, is Navarez at you know 17.4%. And that's not even a huge sample necessarily, but collectively again, 27.4%. You got Beckham in there, you know, hat, you know, we got, we have team Gurr CEO Vogelbach in there left on left. He strikes out a good bit too. Malik's another left on left 24.5%. A lot of lefties in here, by the way, for, for minor, if you look at his splits the last two years, 24.1% against lefties, as far as K's a bit of a bump, as far as righties, 22%. We're seeing Malik's Crawford, Navarez, Vogelbach, Seeger, five lefties for minor, which is uh, something we don't see a heck of a lot, right? Um, he has given up a lot of power, uh, you know, the last two years, what it's worth in a, a smaller sample, 241 at bats, but I, I don't care. Uh, I, I agree. I think minor's a really interesting tournament pivot. Maybe we can make some, uh, minor and Degrom teams kind of make that work. We can't go get all the way up to Barrios, get an extra stick or two. And they we're kind of working our way down here to the muck in the mid tier where, you know, it's, it's an overpriced from what I, where I'm sitting, an overpriced Hendricks who could be fine. Uh, an overpriced Mikolas, I guess he can be fine. Uh, it is Shark Week, so maybe you want to. I mean, you guys get Shark Week there in Canada? Is that a thing? Yeah, we do get Shark Week. That's interesting. I was thinking about the same thing too, but you're right. I mean, Hendricks, maybe you can play him over on Fanduel. He's eighty three hundred dollars there. 
Uh, I think he has this typical start, quality start, goes six, maybe seven, gives up three runs, strikes out four or five, maybe gets to six strikeouts. Uh, Hendricks is fine if you're looking for a safe uh, cash game play over there, I guess, if for whatever reason you don't want to play up for DeGrom, which are Barrios, which I don't think is the right move, but you could do that. Um, I, despite Shark Week, I can't get on the Shark. Whenever he's outside of San Francisco, I'm, I'm not interested. I like the Phillies bats a lot more. You mentioned Mikolos. I guess, again, he can have a quality start there. None of these guys are appealing to me, to be honest, as an SP2. Just like no case, I suppose Miklos, he's a, he can go like eight innings. That's something he can do. Just get, you know, gobble a bunch of three Ks. Yeah, that's something he can definitely do. It's funny. I got Blender in the, in the chat crushing me. And it's funny. I was on Twitter and I just, I'm not sure if you saw his Pepsi. Maybe you can tell me what this is because, uh, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, you dabble in hockey and they always like disguise what injuries may or may not be. But Armand Marquez leaves start today with, Full body cramp. What's a full body cramp? I mean, I guess uh, you're dehydrated, obviously. A full body cramp. I mean, <laughs> it's possibly you're cramping in your arm and your calf or something, I guess. They're just saying full body because it's multiple places. That's weird. I never heard of a full body cramp. But uh, how do professional athletes in this situation get involved like that? I mean, you have to be hydrated. I mean, you've got all the best trainers and, and nutritionists and everything at your uh, – at your at your bay here and you can't figure this out that just seems strange to me that he's not you know in between innings get some ice cool down have some water i mean it's pretty simple stuff but uh yeah i've never seen full body crab before uh roth by the way tweeted out 15 minutes ago working on a full mlb forecast now but i'll be lowering the risk in philadelphia and boston uh heaviest of the rain is already clearing both locations so uh at least if you're gonna assuming nothing gets wonky nothing changes it sounds like a really good shot that we're going to have a full eight-game slate. Uh, you know, you got to roster two of these dudes, Pepsi, and you want to open the world up as far as hitters. Uh, Velasquez was really strong his last time out. Uh, not that you ever really want to talk, trust Velasquez, and uh, that was against Detroit, and, like, everybody's strong against Detroit. That's definitely an outlier performance for him. And he's also a guy that tends to labor. You know, he can throw 90 pitches or so uh, in theory, but he also does that, like, in four and two-thirds sometimes. He is facing a Giants team that's getting a ballpark jump, and they're not very good necessarily. Um, Urquidy's been pretty good. You don't really want to pick on Cleveland necessarily. Uh, he might lose his spot, by the way. This might be his last start for uh, for Houston, right? I'd assume he's gone. He's out of the rotation. Zach Granke is going to – I mean, you got Verlander, Cole, Granke. I mean, Miley's in there. Could Urquidy outpitch Miley maybe? I mean – Yeah, I don't know. I think they've got some injuries too. I'm forgetting. I feel like I'm forgetting a Houston arm, but uh, I also want to add that uh, top of the eighth, no score in Coors. And I'm wondering now, what is the latest that game in Coors Field has gone without a run being scored? Because I don't remember seeing that all season. Zero, zero. I actually don't remember in my career, my DFS career, seeing a game in Coors be no score into the eighth. So I'm curious. Somebody out there must have that answer. So I'm curious. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Velasquez and Urquidy is where I'm at here. Again, in cash, I want to do better, as we talked about. And GPP, certainly want to slide down here and, and pay up for some bats. Like you mentioned, Velasquez was very good versus Detroit, but that's the cake, uh, cupcake matchup is what I'm trying to say. Um, but the, the longer leash is interesting, from 87 pitches to 110. And he needs those 100-plus pitches because, as you mentioned, he does labor. He likes to walk guys. But it's a plus matchup. I think the quality starts there. I think he can generate a K per inning as well. So Velasquez is interesting. I like him there. Uh, Urquidy, I like as well. Tougher matchup versus Cleveland, but uh, he's been dominant versus righties, and that's going to be mostly a right-handed lineup. And Urquidy's more talented as well. So in terms of talent, it's Urquidy. In terms of matchup, it's Velasquez. 
They're both similarly priced to me. So in GPPs, I'm going to get exposure to both. And to be honest, if I had to pick S2 in cash, oof, I'm not even sure which one it would be, which is why I'm leaving them both for GPPs. Yeah, it's funny. I had this conversation the other day, and like I was getting yelled at for not playing cash games. Like I, I always kind of go to my way and say when I'm not playing cash games, I'm not playing cash games tonight just because I could not find an SV2 I particularly liked, and I tried to get the double barrel at the top, and I just didn't love it. So I'm just like, yeah, we'll just play some tournaments and have some fun. Um, this will be the last time we see this Cleveland lineup, I think, right? Puig and – well, Puig's going to get suspended, I assume. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Puig and Reyes are going to relieve, uh, like, the Bowers and the Naquins of the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as the K percentage, 20.7% collectively against righties. And it, it's, it's front-loaded with guys that are, you know, contact-heavy with Ramirez and Kipnis and Santana, Mercado, Lindor. One through six is going to be awesome. Actually, one through seven is going to be really strong. Yeah, that's going to be a stacked lineup, actually. Just against lefties, you're adding Reyes and Bleed. That's going to be insane when they're facing. If they end up seeing Chris Sale, for example, or James Paxton, or, you know, these guys in the playoffs, I mean, that's just a murderer's row of top seven. Who do we like uh, and like, I guess, as a relative term here? Urquidy has shown a lot of case for what it's worth. So, uh, I think he's kind of interesting. The price is not fully up. Of course, the matchup's not very good, but I don't mind him in tournaments. Uh, Porcello for me is just whatever. I mean, kind of trashy. Uh, LeBlanc, I have no interest in. Uh, Lyles can be okay. Like, you know, he's been a little bit unlucky if you dig into his yeah. number. Uh, ballpark is, you know, positive for, you know, for suppressing home runs. It also suppresses K's to some extent. And he's cheap enough, and you don't need that much. If you can kind of eat 14 points out of Lyles. Alcantara versus Minnesota. I know they lost, you know, Boomstick Cruz, but still that lineup's pretty daunting. All-star, Sandy Alcantara, the last starting pitcher standing for the Marlins. What are we doing here as far as uh, the trash? I, I think it's Jordan Lyles, I think, because, you know, again, extreme, pitter, extreme pitcher's umpire in Oakland. Uh, you mentioned Lyles has been a little unlucky. He's got some strikeout upside. If Lyles went six and struck out six, give up two or three runs, I mean, that's, that's doable, right? and I'd certainly take that. I don't hate Anderson either. I just don't see the strikeouts coming out from him. I think he can have a quality start. Um, so for me, I guess it's Lyles. I don't know that I want to go here, but again, is he that much worse than Velasquez say? And you're getting a, you know, a significant discount going down to a guy like Lyles. So I will probably have exports to Lyles as well. And that's likely all I do. Velasquez, Urquidy and Lyles. I think that's the last guy price point wise on the list here that I'm comfortable using in a GPP to upgrade a little bit uh, bat wise. Other than that, it's just, uh, it, it's just really ugly tonight. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Uh, I skipped Plesak, but, like, we're not rostering Plesak versus Houston, right? That's not happening? No chance? Not for me, no. All right, give us a summary. Uh, you know, I just tuned in late. Somebody just tuned in late. Give, give me two or three strong sentences. Tell me what we're doing as far as pitchers tonight. Yeah, it's easy to ground at the top for me. I mean, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's striking guys out. He's not walking anybody. Uh, the White Sox are awful offensively. They strike up the second most in baseball, and they walk the least in baseball. So it's just perfect. You pay the money, you get him. He's not that expensive. If for whatever reason you don't like the ground, you want to pivot off of him, or you want to save a little money, I think Barrios is pretty safe. Quality star is almost a lock here. Strikeout preventing should be there as well. He'd be the pivot off of him. Uh, Gilito is kind of no man's territory. So I go down to Mike Miner. If you don't like Barrios, if you're trying to uh, double up in cash even, I'm perfectly fine with DeGrom and Minor, and that's where I might end up to get some extra savings. In the mid-tier, it's kind of ugly, but Velasquez and Urquidy are pretty much one on one a for me. I don't even know if I have a preference, really. Um, but, uh, again, Velasquez is a better matchup. Urquidy is the better pitcher. 
And as far as the cheapies go, probably Jordan Lyles is the only guy that I see having a decent start down there that I would consider in GPPs. All right, Pepsi, we're going to talk about sticks in just a second. Put those on layaway because I do want to mention the RG badge promo. I'm sure you're aware of this. You've rocked the Rotor Grinders badge. Uh, you get yourself, if nothing else, you get yourself a shout out here on air. You want to welcome those that are rocking the RG badge. And of course, the incentives to rock that. Uh, Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer, is going to go ahead and drop the link for you guys. Let you guys find out more information on it if you're not aware of it just yet. But if you happen to finish in the top 10 of certain uh, GPPs around the industry, you will win yourself one month of free Rotor Grinders Premium. On to the shout outs, Pepsi. We got the Daddy 155, Game Time 123, and then uh, N Barton 14, uh, as well as AJ Sinden 8. Sindini 8. My apologies if you're lurking in chat. Uh, yeah, did you take a look at those Pepsi? How did I do? I think it was a tricky bunch today. Yeah, maybe AJ Sindonate. Although there's an I in there, it throws me off. But the first three, you nailed them. Like a couple of those. Game time's cool. The daddy's interesting. Oh. Imagine N Barton's just a name, but <laughs> AJ Sindonate. I'm going with that. It sounds better. All right, there you go. Judges approve. Uh, give me the screenshot as far as the hitters, Pepsi. Philadelphia, uh, San Francisco, nine and a half there. Uh, Cleveland, you know, not a very big total against Urquity. Urquity is pretty solid, but. Uh, you know, backed by a pretty good pet as well. Boston, uh, you know, we haven't mentioned Yarbrough, obviously, but who wants to pick on Boston? But they have a six total, which I believe is the biggest total on the board. Texas is lurking around six as well, too, facing away uh, LeBlanc. Uh, hitters, maybe a certain team, a specific player. What's jumping out for you? Am I pronouncing Urquity wrong? Urquity. I believe it's Urquity. Okay. He's laughing at my pronunciation, so I'm not sure if I had that wrong or not, but I thought I did. But uh, back to the bats here. Um, I think Boston, Texas, obviously most popular stock-wise, I think. But Bryce Harper is the guy for me. I just, you know, I know he's having a disappointing season overall. But still a very good hitter. Still getting on base. Plus matchup versus the Shark on Shark Week. Home ballpark. You know, either he walks a couple times, it's a double. He easily pays off that moderately priced salary that he has out there. And again, it's not a slate where I'm in love with any one particular bat or stack tonight. So for me, Harper's that guy that stands out. Yeah, you said the price is pretty cheap. We'll talk about outfitters soon enough. We're going to go around the horn, obviously. But he's 8-4 on fantasy draft. I think he's, what, 4-3 on DK uh, against Samarja, which, you know. And, again, uh, Roth, last update we saw, and I think it's actually been dropped in chat as far as the weather update. Uh, he talked about it on the Twitter machine. As of right now, okay, so Philadelphia is yellow. Uh, Cleveland green, Boston yellow, and Texas is green for what it's worth. Uh, Texas hot. Uh, as uh, as one would expect, and there's a slight bump to bats according to Roth. I've not clicked as far as Weather Edge to see what Texas says, but Texas is always kind of a tricky one with Weather Edge because it's a big sample that dates back to like 2000 or 2005, and they may or may not have cleaned up that potential jet stream that went down there in Texas. We got to get rid of that ballpark, man. That, that's some thrown off Weather Edge. You know, you know, it's uh, it's going away this year. We got a new a new ballpark in Texas next year. Oh, it comes next year, does it? That's interesting. How close to the old one is it? It's not in Arlington anymore. I'm not sure, but I, I'm, it's my understanding that it's retractable. I was just going to say they're going to have a dome, I'll bet you, right? Yeah, it's just smoking hot there. They have to have a dome there. So uh, also in the chat, I'm being told it could be pronounced Akity, or sorry, Urkity. That's not what I've heard. But anyway, just thought I'd pass that along. I feel like that's one of those pronunciations I looked up, but I may have botched that one. But it, it sounds, isn't that what we're kind of basically saying anyway? This doesn't matter. Let's talk about catchers, Pepsi. Uh, I'm sure you love a bunch of catchers, yes? Uh, yeah. Um, I do like JT Ramutsu, though. If you have to play a catcher, which, of course, you do on, on uh, 
DraftKings. You don't anywhere else, which is my preference tonight. But JT Ramuto about in the middle of the lineup. I do like the Phillies a lot tonight versus uh, Shamarza here. And uh, reasonable price tag at 39. Aside from that, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. I might get some Vasquez if I come off of him a little bit. I'm a, I'm a Christian Vasquez guy, so I don't mind that. Uh, aside from that, I'd probably just pump with Mathis. Terrible hitter, but a ballpark uh, facing a couple of uh, well, maybe a gas can and uh, some bad bullpen work here. So it's just a, it's just if you don't like anything, I, I tend to punt. So I'd say it's Ramuto. I think Vasquez is an interesting pivot. You won't be that popular even in Boston stacks, I don't think. And if you're having a Boston stack, if it's a five-man stack, I would use Vasquez. And then again, for value, it's probably Mathis, even though I think he's a terrible hitter. I think Bean is a much better hitter than Mathis. Back in the – well, no, probably not. I'm sure Mathis is a better – certainly today and present day, but, you know, uh, probably never. I was never as good a hitter as Jeff Mathis. He probably it, absolutely raked in high school, like just annihilated baseballs. And just, you know, now he's just outclassed. I'm guessing he's a good defensive catcher. Though. I'm sure he's got great leadership qualities. He's got to be a great, cl- good clubhouse guy or something because yes. he's he's been around for a long time. Yeah, uh, and he's he's site minimum only because he's site minimum. He barely even justifies that asking price. But you know, not a huge opportunity cost to catcher. Obviously, Contreras is back against Mikolas. What it's worth, uh, Grandall's Grandall's fairly cheap. Uh, not a great ballpark there against Anderson. Like for for Grandall, at least he's kind of cheap. Uh, negative side as far as his switch hitting abilities. This year he's been better against lefties for what it's worth, but historically you want him on the left side of batting against righties. Uh, you know, I guess Torino should get four at bats today because they're you know they're locked in for nine, so you got that. So it doesn't really matter where he's hitting in the lineup against Plezak. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty much trash as far as catchers. I'm with you, and Realmuto is probably the guy in the mid tier against a uh, good old Shark Week in a positive ballpark. Let's jump to first. That's much more appealing, isn't it? In theory, at least. Uh, it has to be better. Somebody in the chat mentioned that Mathis just plays for beer money. That's 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 a possibility, maybe. That's maybe why he's still in the league. There was a guy named Beer that was traded today, I think, in that Granky trade. Interesting. Interesting. You don't think it was interesting. It's okay. You don't have to fake it. Uh, I, it's, I guess it's interesting. I didn't really yeah. think too hard about it. Um, did Houston give up some big prospects in that deal, too? I saw three people were traded. I didn't see the names, and... I'm curious if Houston was eating the whole contract as well, but did they give up actual real prospects too? I did not get a chance to dig into it. Uh, I, my first guess is probably not, but I don't know. Yeah, but because I feel like if they're eating the contract, they shouldn't be giving up prospects as well. Not too many teams could eat that contract. Yeah. Well, I mean, what they're going to have extra money this year. They're going to get a World Series out of it, right? Or close to it, potentially. I mean, I think they're the favorite right now. I, if I had to pick today, I would say Houston wins the World Series. Although, like I said, I'll probably cheer for Minnesota just because that's fun. And baseball's wonky. We're like, you know, anybody, you know, you could sim it out so many different times as far as the playoffs, and you're always going to get a different winner just because, you know, this isn't the NBA where, you know, the best team's going to win nine times out of ten or whatever in a seven-game series or a five-game series. Uh, there it is. does happen? A third, fourth, and fifth prospect. So I don't know if that means Houston's third, fourth, and fifth ranked prospects, but that's a pretty decent haul and losing the contract. It's a good oh. for both teams, I guess. I mean, Houston. depending on like how good their farm system is. Well, San Diego, that seems like a big thing, but I don't know how good their their farm system is anymore. It's pretty loaded, but I mean, some of them might be already sort of kind of coming up and whatnot. They just they have so much young talent. They got all their players are are legit young guys too. Like nobody's old, you know. What I mean, for the most part, like their top players are still pretty, like Correa is pretty young, and Altuve is not old, and Springer's not old, so they're they're in pretty good shape, man. It would be fun to be a Houston Astros fan right now for sure. So the D-backs, uh, according to the chat here, thank you for this, they're going to pay $24 million of $76 million that's left in that contract. So it's almost like they're kind of sort of buying prospects in a sense. 
this is something the Marlins weren't willing to do. They traded John Carlos Stanton for Starlin Castro and nobody else. And then gave and they us that contract. Nobody. And Yelich for nobody as well because Yelich was never going to hit home runs. Yeah, well, yeah. The guy leading the league at home runs again. They anyway. totally redeemed themselves, though, by trading Zach Gallon today. <laughs> for, <laughs> a, the for, best a, for a lesser prospect, it seems. Although I have seen some people say that they're loaded with pitching, so they needed an infield prospect. That might make sense if they're equal. I don't know that the prospects were equal necessarily, though. Some dude named Jazz, apparently, like, he's not been good, but apparently he is a prospect for Arizona. Like, he's he may or may not have been their, their top prospect in their system. But, again, that that means so much different. It depends what the system is as far as, you know, the fifth best prospect in San Diego can be better than the second best prospect in intercity here, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's all relative. Uh, first base, Brandon Belt's too cheap, right? Yeah, that's the guy. I mean, first base is not loaded like it usually is. Um, Reese Hoskins is the guy that I think is an interesting pivot. Again, I like the uh, Phillies a little more than most, even though I don't have to pick on the shark. There's just not a lot to pick on tonight in general. Uh, G-Man Choi, I mean, on Fando more so, where he's really, really cheap. Um, not as much on Fantasy Draft or DK. Here's interesting. Same with uh, Nathaniel Lowe or Nate Lowe, as we like to call him. San Travis, I guess, is pretty cheap, too, over in Fandle. So you got some cheapy options. But for me, I don't know that I'm going to get off of Belt or Hoskins. I'm going to have uh, exposure to both these guys. I think Belt's your cast game play, just because, again, I'm going to try to double barrel with uh, DeGrom and uh, either Barrios or probably Miner. So I'm going to end up probably on Belt. But I'd give the edge to Hoskins maybe in GBPs, and he's also going to be lower-owned. Yeah, that's the first place I'm looking to for first base. But, of course, like Olsen could definitely bang one out off of Lyles. I have no issue with that. Uh, Pete Alonso, not that he needs the ballpark jump, but it's there against, the, you know, Gilita, who he respects to some extent. Goldie just keeps banging at homers. You know, he's all – it turns out Paul Goldsmith still knows how to hit baseballs. You know, I mean, like, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised with that whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking to uh, – and Matt Olson might be interesting as well as a pivot off of, like, a Hoskins versus Belt. I think that's interesting, but I, I, I don't love it. But uh... – uh, Yeah, it's almost like I said Matt Olson eight seconds ago. But, like, yeah, it's almost like that. Wait, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, that's generally what you do to me. So, I love it for you. <laughs> Keystone position, Pepsi, second base. What do you have for me? Second base. So for me, I mean, it depends on the site you're on. I mean, oh, I should mention on first base, I love Danny Santana site. Really, really love Danny Santana. Yeah. Uh, on Fandle, is at first base. Uh, I don't think he's first base eligible anywhere else. So I mentioned him there. Reasonably priced, too, on, on uh, Fandle. So I love him there. We know we're getting uh, Swanson to start, and that's going to turn into LeBanc, and he's going to split his favors regardless. He's hitting everybody hard. Really like Santana there. And, of course, Danny Santana got second base. If I could pay for anybody, I could pay up, have anybody want second base, it's Santana. Of course, you can play in the outfield, too, if you want to go cheaper at second base. And that cheaper guy for me, probably going to be Cesar Hernandez leading off again, pick on the shark here. Um, the price point's too good. He's hitting leadoff. I really like it. We do have a couple of pivots, Dean. I guess you could go to Altuve, but I may save him for a Houston stack. I don't know if it's necessary today. And, of course, Cano. You can always play him. He's still too cheap. Giolito, we don't really know what we're getting. But I don't have to pick on Gilito. So I'd say Hernandez is your cash game play and your best bang for your buck. But if I can get to Santana, that's where I want to be. Yeah, we talked about Cano yesterday where he had that three home run anomaly goofy game. And yeah. you know, before that and after that, he's been terrible. So like it's almost like you thought he was gonna wake up and then it just didn't happen. I think two of those home runs, I don't know, the last one for Cano was uh the upper deck big blast off a of lefty too late, which is interesting. But he hit him off of uh he hit him off of an ace, the first two, I want to say, right? That was like uh, what Conforto uh, annihilated a baseball yesterday in extra innings uh, off a of lefty, too. I'm not sure yeah. if you caught that. that was... He went back-to-back -back off lefties. Who hit the first one? Um, 
McNeil. Yes, McNeil has been a home run hitter and conferred to go back to back off of lefties last night, which is interesting. Yeah. And Josh Josh Hader gave a walk off last night to a lefty in Olsen, which is you know something you don't see a lot of, obviously. Craziness going on lately. Craziness. Not a huge sample, Pepsi, but you mentioned Santana, and he's definitely worth mentioning. He's always one of those guys I kind of look at and I'm like, eh, he's probably too expensive. Uh, you know, 90 at bats the last two seasons versus lefties, 291 ISO, 381 Woba. Of course, he strikes out an absolute ton. He doesn't walk. So, um, yeah, it's it's a big number as far as the power potential. And I, I like the Texas side a good bit. And I love, you talk about Altuve, probably better, uh, you know, part of a Houston stack. And I love that Houston stack as well, too, locked in for those nine. And I think Fleasack is an absolute disaster. Um, you know, he, he's, I know he's a legacy or whatever, cousin or nephew, whatever he is. A good old damn play sack, but uh, he's got a 310 ERA Pepsi, but he's got a Sierra of 521. He's got an XFIP of 511. He's got a BABIP of 213. He's got a, a left on base percentage of 84%. All that adds up to impending doom. He's been a fraud. I think Houston expose, exposes uh, play sack tonight. Give me third, third base, hot corner. What do you have? I don't know what I'm doing at third base. I had his dribble Cabrera pretty high that he didn't make the lineup. So that was my original cast game bill because he's reasonably priced as well. So I guess you could just go to Forsyth. I don't like him as much as Cabrera, but he's been a pretty good hitter versus lefties. It looks like LeBlanc is starting that game. Originally, I thought it was Swanson, then LeBlanc. So maybe, maybe... I, I thought that too. I was looking at that as well. And that still may change, but as of right now, it looks like LeBlanc starting. They usually have an opener, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I thought that was the case. But either way, I mean... So I guess Forsyth's reasonably priced. I mean, Bregman's the guy if you can get there, but in cash, it's tough. And GPPs, yes, I'll have exposure, but I don't love the build with an expensive third baseman here when I'm trying to double barrel. So that's not going to happen for me. So I'm still trying to figure out the cash game play. I may end up on a guy like uh, on Forsyth just because, again, a reasonable price tag here. And, um, you know, he's a decent hitter versus lefties. But third base kind of ugly type. You know, it's not as popular as it usually would be. But I'd say Bregman's the guy. I like Forsyth in the mid-range. I think an interesting pivot, kind of like Olsen, would be Chapman here. Yeah, I don't know what to do with third either. It's probably one of the last positions I fill out. Like, Panda has had a pretty good season for the Panda, but, like, I don't want to spend – I want him as like as a punt. Uh, yeah. King, Kingery kind of flip-flopped with Cesar. I thought Kingery was going to lead off. I thought Cesar was going to bat six. But, you know, Kingery's still playable, a little less appealing. Little, I you agree. Know. Yeah, Kingery's solid. I kind of missed that there. Kingery, you know, Kingery and Forsyth, I think, probably – now standing at the top for me outside of Bregman. Money's not a thing we want. We want Bregman. Of course, uh, Devers is, you know, probably. I, do we think Boston's going to be popular tonight? Because they're kind of sort of pricey. Uh, I think they're going to be the highest owned stack, but I don't necessarily think they're going to be like massively owned. You know, I just feel like, and that's why, again, I'm not really in love with the offense and the state of the stacks because I think Boston will be fine, but I don't think they score 15 runs or anything crazy. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but uh you know, Tampa's got good pitching. I don't have to pick on Yarborough. I don't, I mean, Boston scores five or six, probably more than that. I'm not convinced. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just kind of pulled up. Uh, I'm not sure if you're in lineup headquarters, Pepsi. Lineup yep. was the kids call it. We have the, you know, we have the ownership percentage. We have team, team ownership percentage as well. Obviously all this stuff is fluid. Uh, the closer and closer we get to the lock, the more accurate it becomes, but it looks like as of right now, our highest team ownership percentage is a uh, Philly with oh. Boston being second for what it's worth. And individually, we got Devers at 8%, uh, Kangaroo at 11 Franco at 12 And as far as third base, just in general, nobody's really jumping off the board. Like Chapman's got a reasonable price there against Lyles. Uh, but they're all 16% or less. Bregman, we, we really want to get to, but we live in the world with salary cap. But, you know, we haven't projected for 15%. Moose at 10% lefty and left. 
Uh, Bryant's got a pretty decent price. Nothing really special about that match, but that matchup. But you know, just betting on Chris Bryant's talent. Jump the shortstop. What do you have? couple of reasonably priced guys here. Ellis Andrews, I'm a big fan of his, and I like his price tag everywhere. I think he's got Jack and a bag upside here tonight. Uh, I really like him. So he's my top play. Uh, Gene Segura is an interesting pivot off of him, I do believe. And if money's not a thing, you can pay up for anybody you want, say you went cheap other places or a pitcher. Alexander Bogarts, I love him versus lefties. He tends to get overlooked with guys like J.D. and Betts there. So that's probably where I'm at. Obviously, you can play Bregman here as well, but with third base being so weak, I think you play Bregman at third if you can afford to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Andrews is my guy tonight. I don't know that I'm going to get off him. I, I have him in cash as well, and I'm going to have plenty of exposure to him. All right. We're, we're, uh, we want to save some time. I promised the chat we have 10 minutes. So I'm going to just go ahead and jump to outfield Pepsi. We got 15 minutes. We're doing perfectly fine, obviously. And whatever we don't get to crunch time, of course, if you guys are premium members, uh, I believe it's JSU and is it Cardi, uh, for sure. Roth will be there to talk about weather. And I think it's Cardi because cheese was on earlier today. Congrats to Chiefs, by the way. He crushed yesterday. Shocker. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, outfield, we already talked about how much we like Harper. Harper, if you guys are playing cash games, especially on fans draft on DK, he's just too cheap. He gets, you know, a nice matchup here against the Shark. Uh, who else is jumping out for you as far as the outfield? Obvious guys, obviously, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts from Boston. Um, you know, the Texas outfielders, you got uh, Santana, Chu, Pence, uh, Harper, we mentioned. That's my top bout of the night here. Uh, certainly cast games and a couple others I'll give you Chris Davis still too cheap finally broke it last night three hits a double and homer mm-hmm. still for Chris Davis I like him a lot and it makes it work in cash and Michael Conforto is interesting again G Leo we're not really sure what we're getting with this guy here we still know he's talented but we can get them with lefties I think Conforto is an interesting one-off Mets bat um, as well there and that's kind of really where I'm at for outfield again there's just not a lot of plays I'm in love with perhaps Lorenzo Cain's interesting as well versus a lefty but again he's been terrible hair pitcher it's not the best matchup so yeah I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of uh, outfield options I think like I said the one-offs for me are Harper Chris Davis and Conforto and outside of that I'm going to surround them with Boston and Texas what happened to Locaine like why is he terrible this year I don't know I, I've only really played against lefties for the most part he's had some good games he tends to be the guy that has to have two hits in RBI and two runs you know like like uh, I used to say about DJ LeMahieu I used to, people would say well he needs three hits to get there but I guess the lefty he always would course this year he's developed power and whatnot but uh yeah Kane's not a guy I've been playing versus Rays in general so I haven't really noticed his overall numbers to be honest but uh, he's still been viable versus lefties I like that Texas side you know we talked about Santana Hunter Pence uh, I wouldn't I would say you can absolutely play Calhoun uh, you know Odor you can play you can play too as well this is something that you know throughout Wade LeBlanc's career uh, he gives up more homers to lefties than, than, versus, 90, uh, than versus righties uh if you want to get all specific and all technical it's 1.53 per nine homers to lefties and 1.32 homers per nine to righties. So don't ignore Chu. Just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, give me some, uh, well, we'll do a screen share in just a second here, Pepsi. I didn't do the expert survey. We can go ahead and pull that up and see what the, I'm not sure if things have changed for you. You said one of the guys, I think that pre-show or post-show or during the show, I don't recall. One of the guys you had in there, I think you have to change because they're not in the lineup today necessarily, or maybe they were. Uh, was it Santana? You like Santana, right? Uh, absolutely. I love Santana in GPPs. I think he could play him in cash as well. A little expensive, obviously, but more so in Fandle. I think he's cash game viable over there, but also takes up your first base slot too. So you've got options, but you can go with uh, the Santana and belt with the utility there. But Santana is a guy I'm very big on tonight, along with Harper. Uh, give me some stacks. Give me some homers. Fire away. Uh, stacks. I mean, I like Philly. I thought more than most, but then you mentioned they might be the most popular stack. I think they're right up there with Boston and Texas. I think really all three of those stacks are interesting. 
that's pretty much where I'm staying stack-wise. I'm not going outside of those three. Home runs, uh, the top bat, I'll go with uh, price-wise, J.D. Martinez, mid-tier, Bryce Harper. And for value, site-dependent, Brandon Belt on one, Morrison on Fando perhaps, and Chris Davis as well there. So a couple of value bats for you. Jack in the bag, who's going to bang one and swipe one? I'm going Elvis Andrews. I know the Jack's tough to come by, but uh, it's at least multi-hit and a bag tonight. But the Jack in the bag, I'm going to say is Andrews. Hopefully it's one out. <laughs> I see Devin in the chat. Apparently I went out of order and I, I completely derailed the show. I went to slide, I guess, uh, one, two, four, three, five. I got to keep D-Train in his toes. You know, he's, an, he's an autopilot right now. He's only thinking about his bowling ball right now. He's, he's not really, he just can't wait. He's got three, uh, you know, two, three hours out the door. Uh, all right. Devin, if you can, if you can pull some questions. I know you've been collecting throughout the entire show over there on YouTube. Uh, copy, paste them, throw them in the chat. We're going to knock out as many questions as possible. Hey. Feel free to like and subscribe, too. If you guys are in the RG chat, as is, feel free to ask your question as well. As we do a little screen share, Pepsi, uh, your favorite cash game hitter, yourself and 180 means, you guys agree that it's Bryce Harper, Big T, uh, uh, you know, and Stevie like a couple Red Sox and Betts and J.D. Martinez. As far as your favorite hitter for tournaments, hey, there it is. It's Danny Santana. Uh, and, hey, Stevie and Big T apparently like the Red Sox once again and Bogarts and Martinez. Reese Hoskins makes an appearance. I like him a good bit. Hey, what do you think of this one, Pepsi? Uh, Big T likes Jose Barrios as his favorite cash game pitcher. I mean, I don't really understand it. Okay. Uh, maybe he wants that extra money for the bats. Maybe he explains it later, but I think it's a slam dunk for the Grom. Uh, everybody likes Urquidy as their as their SP two. Uh, this is a uh, somewhat concerning because I don't know. I I guess he he might be more heavily owned than we suspect he may be. Brandon Belt is a favorite salary saver. Makes a ton of sense, obviously. Uh, player you're most afraid of having no exposure to it's it's Christian Yelich and nobody's going to play Yelich tonight correct yeah I'm okay with that I really don't see the upside here versus a, a ground ball specialist here but uh, he's that guy that seems to have these big games when nobody's on him and it's always a, a scary fade in these large field tournaments let's see uh, well, now we have the screen chair up let's go ahead and give us a refresh and let's see uh, Pepsi pull up the old lineup HQ the lineup headquarters if you have a second I'm going to pull up the pictures and see if anything kind of pops anything sort of interesting we talked about how much we like the Grom, and look, the guy's got a two KK prop over the over the field at eight and a half. Uh, Miner's got a six and a half prop, which, by the way, uh, what, what's your thoughts on these? We got Degrom at eight and a half. Does he get more or less? I'm going above that. I think I wrote up that he'd get 12, uh, 12 strikeouts tonight, going seven or more shutout innings. That's my, uh, you know, that's my big call tonight. But I do think he gets more than eight and a half. I would go over. Anything else kind of jump out to you as far as the numbers? Uh, Giolito only at five and a half for what it's worth. I know he's got that. Uh, Hitters umpire, maybe suspecting he might get squeezed there to some extent. That's not a huge number necessarily. Barrios at six and a half, Urquidy at five and a half. Uh, it's even as far as uh, you know, as far as the juice. Is any other number kind of jump out for you? Yeah, I think minor at six and a half. There, I, th- I mean, the, you know, Seattle strikes up more than anybody else in baseball versus lefties. So I, I think that I go over in the minor as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to lay a good bit of juice for what it's worth. You got to lay one and a half. You know, one minus one fifty four. So it's likely to land there. But I, I agree with you. Uh, I think I might play some DeGrom and, and, and Miner together with that Seattle lineup. Uh, you know, a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah, but do you have enough for sticks or you don't really care? Uh, I mean, I, I still was tinkering, but I, I want to say, like, for example, on DraftKings, I want to say it was 37 and change. So, I, you know, there's a lot of bats in that 36 to 39 mark. We talked about belt at first base mm-hmm. to a catcher. You could always go to Mathis to save it. Chris Davis was too cheap. Yeah, um, you know, Harper. Andrews is reasonably priced. Harper is reasonably priced. So I was able to make it work for the most part, just a little bit tinkering. So if you go down to minor, 
and stood at Barrios and saved that 800 bucks on talking DK again here. Um, you can make it work there, especially if you go to Mathis easily. He may be able to make it work with a guy like Ramuto. All right. Uh, are you going to have more or less than the projected 42% ownership of Jacob DeGrom? I'm going to say you're going to have more. You're the kind of guy that just goes all in sometimes. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, especially if I'm only making three or four laps like tonight here. Uh, I probably have um, – yeah, I don't know that I'm going to get off of DeGrom. I might have him in 100% of my laps, to be honest, because I'm only making three or four. All right, we're knocking out some questions, talking to the people in chat. Can you rank these three uh, three stacks? You got Chicago, Oakland, and the Mets. Chicago, Oakland, and the Mets. Mostly ignored. Yeah, I mean, wow. I, you know, I'll take the Mets number one just because Giolito's been the kind of guy that's really been hit and miss lately. And if he decides to uh, erupt, I like the Mets. So I'll go Mets, Oakland, because they've got more power and upside. And I'll take the Cubs last just because Mikolos is just not a guy that I really want to pick on. Uh, speaking of Mikolos, who has the better matchup? Better being relative here. Better Mikolos or Lyles? Well, it's going to be Lyles, I think. I mean, Mikolos, it's a tough matchup, and he's got to go at least seven innings to have any value because he doesn't strike anybody out. The Cubs don't strike out. So I'd go down to Lyles and save the money before I play Mikolos. Yeah, I'm pulling up the plate IQ. We don't show off the plate IQ enough, by the way. That's probably on me. That's my bad. This is one of my favorite tools here uh, at RG. And speaking to that, you know, that lack of K ability, Mikolos, the last two seasons, has a K percentage of 17.9%. Uh, that's terrible as far as the Ks in the Chicago lineup. What it's worth, there is some Ks in there with Boti uh, at 26%, Baez at 28%, Hap is in that lineup too. So you do have some Ks. Contreras at 22%, 23.3% collectively. But Mikolos, like you said, just does not strike anybody out. Not a ton of upside, obviously. I, I've lost my place. Uh, any Ryan Braun? Again, it's the same thing with Tom Lorenzo Cain a little bit, too. It's a tough ballpark. And, and you know, Brad Anderson is, you know, a, a ground ball specialist. So I wouldn't talk you out of Braun anytime I face the lefty. But this is just not the ideal lefty. So you can play Kane, You can play Braun. I don't love it. Again, I'm only playing three or four laps per site tonight. Uh, I usually play usually more than that, four, five, six. So tonight's uh, I'm not getting as much exposure. I'm basically staying with Texas, Philly, and maybe a little Boston. Uh, the aforementioned Santana or Alonzo, I think you like Santana more, right? Absolutely, yeah. Thoughts on Chris Davis for tournaments? Uh, I'm in on him. He's cheap, and he makes things work, and he's got, you know, power. He, he's just too cheap, and again, he broke out last night. I know it was his first homer since June 18th, but still, three for four last night, double homer, showing the power. That's all it takes is to get back on things, a little confidence, seeing the ball a little better. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, health-wise, I don't think anything's wrong with him here. So he's too cheap. And for GPPs, you want guys that are cheap that have multi-homer upside. That is Chris Davis. Uh, Jose Ramirez at third. Thoughts? Yeah, third's so ugly tonight that you could really make a case for almost anybody. Um, it's fine. He's low-owned. I don't mind it. I mean – Urquidy's not a guy that I want to pick on, but uh, Ramirez is still a stud, in my opinion. So I'm fine with it. I just think there are probably better options, but, you know, there are not a lot of options there, really. I like it as a bit of a leverage play, too, because Urquidy's probably going to be the second or third most popular pitcher on the slate. I think that's a good GBP play. I think you save the money at third base in in cash and maybe play a guy like Forsyth, something like that. But I think if you've got some extra money in a GBP, I'm perfectly fine with Jose Ramirez. I'm totally flattered by it. There's a question in the chat. It says FanDuel Cash, and in parentheses it says, Dean's opinion too, please. Thank you for specifying that. They don't, you know, they assume, well, you're the, you're the expert, and I'm just the host. So, you know, uh, two for two, uh, FanDuel Cash, JD and Crush versus Pence and Chew. 
oof, that's tough. I don't want to give an opinion on that one. I don't know. <laughs> that's hard. Oh, I'm going to take the Texas bats. That is very difficult. It's a GPP, is it? Uh, it's cash. Cash, sure. Yeah, if it's cash, I'm taking the Texas bats. If it's GPPs, I'd flip that, though. Yeah, I, I think I'll take the Texas side, too, as far as Pence and Chew and uh, picking on LeBlanc. They, they, you know, I, I like that Texas side. and I don't care about lefty and lefty against LeBlanc. Definitely some homer potential. Uh, we, I asked you about Brian Braun. Oh, how was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, I watched the Tarantino movie the other night. Went to the old movie theater. It was very good. Excellent. Uh, the problem is comparing it to all of Tarantino's other movies. I mean, you only see it once. So I, I, I see all the other ones a bunch of times. But on first viewing, I don't think it's in the conversation as like his elite movies, but it's still very, very strong. Are you a Tarantino guy? Do you care or not so much? I don't always know who the directors are. I know a few of his movies, obviously, and I like them. Um, I wouldn't say he's like my favorite director. And, okay. um, yeah, I'll probably go watch that. But uh, I'm not a big movie buff, as you know. I like to watch movies. I just find I don't have a lot of time to watch movies. So I tend to watch more series here and there, an hour here and there, and, and a lot of sports. You're still watching The Office. You enjoying it? Yes, I absolutely love The Office. I know I'm a little behind, but I'm on uh, – I just started season four, I believe, maybe the second episode in, and uh, – I think it's great. No spoilers, but it looks like Jim and Pam are finally together. Well, that, that's a spoiler, Pepsi. Dude, seriously. I mean, spoiler alert. I should have said. Just wait till Jim dies. It comes out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> are you scared about the extreme hitters umpire for DeGrom? I'm not. No, I'm not really. I remember the last couple of times I rostered Ace in a plus matchup with an extreme hitters umpire, and it didn't change anything. I still think that umpires love to ring guys up. No matter what, I think in a matchup, if you're an umpire – and you get a guy like DeGrom versus a swinging, happy, swinging team like the, the White Sox, you still enjoy punching guys out. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I wish it was more favorable, but nobody really has that favorable umpire tonight. Again, I mentioned the only extreme pitchers umpire is in Oakland. So uh, I don't think it's uh, much of an opportunity cost here. The chat's just now, like, every question specified in parentheses they want my opinion to. Uh, is Cashman overrated? Yeah, I mean, look, Cashman, who's the, who's the guy for uh, the Cubs? That guy's overrated too. He gave $300 million, whatever, to Jason Hayward. If you give me $5 billion to play with, I think I can put a winning product on the field also. Like, the guys that are most impressive are, what, what's the guy's name? Cash, the, the, dude, the dudes in Tampa that make things work with pennies. Yeah, uh, Oakland. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the way. I mean, but the Dodgers, you could throw in a two. I mean, they don't, um, you know, they just have all these, they open the big checks up, they got the big bankroll, you know. Oh, the Dodgers finally scored in the ninth inning. So eight complete shutout innings in Coors. That's the furthest into a game in Colorado I've ever seen with no score. I don't know. Uh, nobody answered if that was the longest ever or the season or anything. I never saw that. Picking up with Elias, Elias Sports or whatever. I'm sure they tweeted something out about it, but that's actually an interesting thought. Um, yeah, what I, I think all these guys that have a billion dollars to play with, you know, as, as far as buying salary, you have a huge margin of error. Like, you know, teams like the Marlins or whatever, any small market teams, Cleveland. You know, it's just so much more difficult to kind of make things work, obviously. The team's done a nice job, though, Dean. I mean, up until now, or recently, they, they really built within their own farm system, and they've been more of a small market club. And now that they established themselves as a team that can compete, now they went out and got their Verlander. Now they got their Granke. So now they're spending the money when they're there. So I think Houston's done a real good job. What's your favorite episode so far in The Office? This is an actual question in the chat. Oh, I mean, it's hard. There's just so uh, many of them. But uh, – uh. I mean, I think my favorite character is becoming Dwight Schrute, if that helps anybody. 
Interesting. Um, okay. I was yeah. going to ask you your favorite character is. I, 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 think think it's be, wait, I think it's not the same without Dwight. It's kind of like George and Seinfeld. Like he, you look at him and you might shake your head and dislike some episodes with him. But if you take him out, there's just so much missing. I feel like if you take Dwight out of the office, there's just too much missing there. Uh, Porcello breakout? I don't understand that question. Is Porcello going to break out tonight? It's a tough matchup for Porcello. I mean, I, I mean, in the mid-tier, if you really want to go there, you're a Red Sox fan, I guess. I just, I'm not going that route. I, I think I prefer some of those uh, Tampa Bay lefty bats instead. There are some Ks in Atlanta, for what it's worth. We're looking at it, you know, there is a reasonable number of Ks, but like, you know, Porcello kind of sort of stinks. Um, but I guess he could be okay if, if Babbitt kind of works in, in his favor. Uh, yeah, Epstein's the guy I was trying to think of there in, in, in the chat, the dude for the Cubs. Congratulations, you have a billion dollars, and you finally won yourself a title, and you've missed like in 17 different players. Maybe he made a couple of good trades. I think he traded for Ryan or something like that, but whatever. Um, oh, home run calls. Fire away one more time. He, tra- he traded Rizzo. Um, my home runs are J.D. Martinez, Bryce Harper, and either uh, Brandon Belt or Chris Davis, site defendant. Uh, last question, is Justin Bohr still a top 25? He never was. That's a trick question. Uh, Justin Bohr a top what, sorry? Is, is Justin Bohr a top 35 player? Uh, you don't know this joke from Twitter, apparently, do you? Yeah, I guess. No, top 35, yeah. I would say no. He's probably not a ter- top 35 player in the minor leagues, which he may or may not be in right now. Pepsi, we got to step aside. we got to make way for crunch time. If you guys are premium members, you got Roth talking about the weather, see if anything changed there. And I believe it's Cardi and JSU to knock out all your baseball stuff. Their answer, uh, you know, break down the slate, answer as many questions as possible for chat. Give me something strong. Finish strong, Pepsi. What do you have for you for the road? You know what? I mean, it's a, it's a night for pitching. If you can double barrel with the guys like DeGrom and uh, Minor, for example, I, I think that's the edge. I don't think hitting is all that strong tonight. So the pitching is going to win it for you. Uh, you might want to skip the mid-tier. Go down to a guy like Lyle, sir, with his extreme pitcher's umpire and get some bats and no stack is really going to be that much more higher on than any, I don't think. So just stick with the stack you like, as opposed to trying to be, you know, contrarian. One more quick thought, Pepsi. Did we screw up not talking about Minnesota at all? I mean, I'm not as big on them tonight. I mean, you, you can make a case for Minnesota, I guess, but uh, again, I, I'm not playing enough lineups again, three or four laps here to get to Minnesota, but uh, you know, they're one of the best, Offenses of baseball, they're all viable. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe guys like Polanco, Kepler, and Rosario are certainly interesting. I mean, Sandy Alcantara is an all-star, though. Uh, he's Pepsi. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Holler.